Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Well, hello there, Disability After Dark listeners. Thank you so much for clicking on Minnesota number 13. And in case you're wondering what a Minnesota is, that's a tiny little morsel of Disability After Dark goodness where you write me in hilarious stories around disability and I read them back to you and speculate wildly and make little hilarious asides about whatever it is you wrote in about. And I love the Minnesota so much. I'm still considering whether or not I want to do that whole other show We're looking at calling it Disabled Dialogues, where you write in a whole story and I read it back to an audience and we talk about it. I think it would be a really cool show and it's something I really want to try. So thanks for for contributing to the Minnesodes because it might lead to a whole new show. We'll see. But for now, let's get to Minnesode 13. So last week, I asked you to send me in your deepest, darkest disability confessions. Stories you may have never told anybody else, things that may have happened to you that are kind of deep and dark and secretive that you didn't, haven't really shared but wanted to. And I got one email that I thought was really funny. And it, it came in to me about a week ago, and they said to me, they start the email, like, Confessions, Minnesodes. And they, I love the way they start this email. They don't even say hello. They don't even say hi, how are you? They say, three awkward stories for your amusement. So right away, I'm hooked. Right away, I want to know what the stories are and why, why, why I should be amused. So they say, At 14, as bisexual, after having a massive crush on my redhead Christian PSW, Haley, I converted to Christianity for a time just to gain her love and her, and her attention. Wow, that is some commitment to your unrequited teenage love to totally switch religions just because you want to get with this girl that that's that's some uh that's some definite um commitment to your cause there wow uh so i did you like go to church and do all these things with her or did you like really start reading the bible did you go to bible study and hope that like at bible study you talk about jesus and jesus and then get turned on or something like what was your pull into christianity that you were like i'm gonna do this and i'm totally into her so i'll be a christian too and wasn't it weird that maybe they were denouncing your sexuality at the time? Was that happening? Or was it was it a more accepting sect of Christianity? I have questions. And then immediately following that confession, they say, I came out to my parents. Wow, just like that? You were like, okay, first I'm gonna first I'm gonna love Jesus Jesus for a girl, and then I'm gonna just immediately come out to my folks. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of. Uh, that's a lot of things. To, that's a lot of stuff happening all at one time for you. Uh, they say, my father was accepting of this fact. My mother, however, had some very interesting things to say. In her know-it-all British accent, she explained with adorable misunderstanding certainty that I couldn't be attracted to girls because I was always attracted to boys previously. Even more adorably ignorant. I like how you say she's adorably ignorant when really. What you're about to say is probably just full of ignorance, but even more adorably ignorant was that she wasn't even sure if I could have a sexuality 
since I was disabled. Wow, that's a, that's, that had to be a blow. How do you manage when your own mom tells you to your face that you they don't think you can have a sexuality because you're disabled? I can't imagine if a parent said that to their disabled kid. And like, how do you navigate those feelings of like, what do, what do you say back when your mom says you don't have a sexuality, you're disabled? Wow. That's... I'm sorry that happened to you. That like that's really must have been super painful to have to deal with. They continue. So she wasn't even sure I could be heterosexual because I could never even have sex. Wow. Again, super tough to have to deal with. I'm I'm so sorry that your own parents felt that way and were so uneducated as to how their disabled child could be a total sexual being and I'm it probably happens more so than we hear. So I'd also like to pose anybody who wants to send in an, uh, a Minnesota about talking to sex and disability with their parents. You've heard my mom on the show and you've heard me talk a little bit about my parentage. And I'd love to hear how your parents dealt with you talking about your sexuality with them in respect to disability. I'd love to hear more stories like that. So send those in too as well. They say, in truth, I consider myself a nerd sexual if I had to describe myself as anything. Now, I had to look up what nerd sexual was because I read that and I was like, oh, that's a new designation that I have not quite been well versed in. So I went on UrbanDictionary.com and to just to, to get a, a brief glimpse of, glimpse of what nerd sexual was. And the definition that Urban Dictionary gave me was nerd sexual is someone who prefers to have a relationships both of the mind and romantically slash physically with other nerds regardless of gender or ethnicity. The mind and spirit is what is important. And I think that's cool. And I think in some ways, while I prefer men, I think in many ways intellectually I too am a nerd sexual. So that's cool. You really get off on someone's mind and their spirit and not so much their bodily stuff. And I wonder if if your disability has anything to do with you being a nerd sexual, I'd love to hear more about that. And anybody else who has interesting designations that you think are connected to your experience as a disabled person, I'd love to hear that too. So send those in too. This person sent in three confessions. So their next confession was, I have unexplainable love and joy whenever I hear of disabled men impregnating able-bodied women. <laughs> okay, I've never had joy when I hear about that, but tell me more. They say, I just feel like it's one small victory against the able-bodied supremacy. I guess that's true. I guess you're like, yes, the disabled person's gonna gonna impregnate you and then... So are you do you like do you like smile coyly when you hear this stuff or are you like genuinely do you jump up and down with joy that yes, one of us impregnated and one of you. Look at what we've done. And so they continue. And once you have those kids living among us to do our dirty work, the world will be ours. I hear you giggling like like do you remember do you guys remember Pinky in the Brain? Pinky in the Brain, you know, and when the brain was like coming up with a scheme to like ruin the world. That's how I feel like you're laughing right now. You're like, yes, disabled people will take over the world. Amazing. That's how I feel like 
when you think about disabled men impregnating able-bodied women, that's the kind of look you get on your face. Is that true? I think so. And they continue, I'm also a very evil genius. So yeah, my, my thoughts of you being the brain were not far off. Awesome. And they send in a final one. They say, final one. Today I went to my campus's office for CanAssist, an organization which adapts technology to disabled people's needs. Okay, can we talk about that for one second? The, the, the campus office for disabled assistance sounds really ridiculous. Why would you call it CanAssist? It sounds so unnecessarily patronizing. They should seriously change their name to like just disabled people services. As opposed to, like, can assist? Oh my god, it sounds ridiculously ableist and they don't even realize it. P.S. Their, their campus office, change your name. And if you're going to have an office dedicated to disabled people, don't be ableist when you create it, please. Anyway, I digress. I could talk about the ways institutional ableism when they create these offices all day. Because in my university, I had offices, lo offices like that, too, where... The names, you were like, where, who came up with this? And who decided this was the name? It sounds super prejudiced. So maybe don't, just call it Offices for Disabled Students. That's what it, they should be called that across the board. Because then it doesn't sound as ridiculous. Anyway, they continue. An organization which adapts technology to disabled people's needs, like guitars, pots and pans. I, however, wanted to adapt a vibrator. <laughs> I can just imagine you walking into like your student's office and being like, "Hey, so I want to adapt. Uh, I want to adapt this this vibrator so I can fuck myself better. What do I do?" Like, I, and they, I can imagine the looks on their faces, like, "Oh." And without a thought of embarrassment or shame, I asked for it, and now I feel embarrassment and shame for not feeling embarrassment and shame. Isn't that weird when we? are unabashedly unashamed about our sex and disability and then you go home and you're by yourself and you're like, oh, I should feel weird about that. I should feel strange about that. And why don't I feel strange about that? And that feels weird that I don't feel weird that I talked about my needs as a, as a disabled person, my sexual needs. I should feel shame. Um, and they say this is also known as the double cripple mindset. Yeah, because you should feel shame and you don't and that feels weird, so you feel shame for not feeling shame for being disabled? Weird. But I totally get that, and I've been there myself. Okay, so that's about it. That's the Minnesota. That's how you do it. You write me in hilarious things, and I read them back to you, and speculate wildly as I read them back to you. So I'd love to get more Minnesotas about your deepest, darkest disability secrets. I'd love to get Minnesotas about... Uh, what did I say? I said some stuff in this Minnesota about the things I want you to write in for, but write in whatever you want around disability, and I will do my best to turn it into a Minnesota for the Minnesotes. So you can email disabilityafterdark at gmail.com for the Minnesotes and send in all your things. I want my inbox flooded, listeners. Flood me with all your stories. I, I love doing this stuff. I love hearing your stories. Thank you for giving me the privilege to read your words. Send in your stories and I'll read them back to you on the next Disability After Dark Minnesota. Stay tuned for the full episode. Hopefully this Friday. I'm not sure I haven't recorded it yet, but it will come out soon. Thanks for listening. Bye!
Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuchi. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018